Good. Welcome to the Cultural Corner Podcast, where we cover all corners of Italian football. My name is Raffaele. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and you can also listen along on SoundCloud. I thank those of you taking the time to listen to this podcast. You can follow the Cultural Corner on Twitter. It is at the Cultural Corner. Feel free to send questions and comments, and we will address some of them on upcoming episodes of the podcast. You can also follow my personal Twitter account. It is at Italiano Calcio. So we will start off this sixth episode of the podcast by talking about Juventus's transfer market. And now that they have their coach Maurizio Sarri in place, it is starting to take shape. We'll start with the big news that Juventus have become the favorites to sign Ajax's star defender, Matthias De Ligt. The young Dutch defender has been linked to other big clubs in Europe like Barcelona, PSG, and Manchester United. While it appeared that Juve were behind in the race, the Italian media have been reporting that they are now the favorites. It sounds like Juventus are willing to offer Ajax the $75 million that they would want in order to sell the Ligt. Uh, Juve have reportedly agreed to personal terms already on a salary that would be worth $12 million per season. Uh, that's not bad for a 19-year-old to be earning that type of money. It would also include a buyout clause, the Italian media is reporting, that would be worth €150 million. Euro. So monster buyout clause in there to give uh, some protection for Juve. PSG uh, seem to be the other team right now that is mostly still in this race. It appears that Barcelona kind of have really faded. Uh, and they are pushing to sign the Ligt pretty hard. This is PSG, of course, we're talking about. PSG already have offered Ajax their asking price of $75 million, but they don't have an agreement with the player. Meanwhile, Juve, they have the agreement with the Ligt and not with Ajax yet, although it appears that they are willing to offer them the money that they want. It sounds like the Ligt is leaning towards Juve over PSG. Uh, this could be for a number of reasons, and I don't think that you could discredit the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo personally told the Ligt to come play for Juventus at the end of the UEFA Nations League final between Portugal and Netherlands, if you remember. I mean, think about it. If you're a 19-year-old footballer coming up uh, right now, and here comes one of the greatest players ever in the game in Cristiano Ronaldo, and he's telling you to come join Juve, that's something that's hard to ignore, in my opinion. Uh, now, the other day, it was interesting, Gazeta dello Sport talked about how Juve perhaps could look to include Moise Keane uh, to Ajax to lower the price for the Ligt. It wasn't completely uh, clear if they would offer him uh, his rights outright or he would go to Ajax on a loan. So uh, there hasn't been much more of these rumors, but Keane's contract is set to expire at the end of next season. Of course, we know he had that recent incident with the um, under-21 team at the Euros. He showed up late. He was suspended for their final group game, one that Italy won, but ultimately it wasn't enough to get them out of the group. Um, Juventus certainly doesn't want this to be perhaps a sign of things to come for Moise Keane. They're hoping that it's just a, a one-time incident. Young kid, teenager. Um, I'm not saying Juve have given up on him just yet. These are just rumors at the moment um, linking him to Ajax as part of the Delict uh, deal. However, if you do recall, Ajax did look to sign Moise Keane back in January. So we know that the Dutch club are interested in him and perhaps could be a chip that they kind of ask Juve for if they're going to sell them their star player in Delict. So we will see if Juve uh, are willing to include him, and perhaps um, if they do, would they look to include some sort of buyback option to give themselves some protection to not fully lose him. Back to the Ligt, um, this would be a huge signing for Juventus, and one that they almost need to make, and I don't say need to make like it's a must-have or he's a must-have player, but you certainly can make the point that Juve need to bolster what is an aging defensive unit, particularly in the center of that 
defense, uh, Fabio Cannavaro, uh, the Italian legend, former Juve star, uh, said in a recent interview with Gazette dello Sport that he too thinks that this is a signing Juve must make, especially one if they want to win the Champions League, which is obviously what Juve are after. Juve have Giorgio Chiellini, who will be 35 years old when next season starts. You have Leonardo Bonucci, who's 32 years old. And of course, Daniele Rugani, who's only 24 years old. Something to keep in mind with Maurizio Sarri now as the coach. He previously coached Rugani at Empoli a few years ago. And Rugani was such a vital player for Empoli, literally playing every minute in Serie A. So we could see Rugani um, get a real uptick in minutes playing under Maurizio Sarri. So we'll see what that means for Bonucci, for Chiellini. And if they were to bring in De Ligt, you would imagine that he's not going to want to just sit on that bench at Juve. Of course, Juve had plenty of competitions to spread minutes out, but all players looking to get some big-time minutes. Uh, something else to consider, De Ligt has proven that he can play and perform in big games. Uh, think about how great he was for Ajax and their run to the Champions League semifinals this past season. Um He's a huge threat on corner kicks and seems to have a knack for scoring clutch goals. I mean, just ask uh, Juventus. Remember, it was De Ligt who scored the winning goal against Juve in the quarterfinals, which eliminated them this past season. So Juve are very familiar with how clutch De Ligt could be at scoring uh, crucial goals for his teams when they need it. Continuing with Juve's transfer market, the other big story that has been coming up this week in Italy is the possibility that Gianluigi Buffon will return to Juventus. Something that I know I didn't see happening, and I don't think many other people saw this as a possibility. Buffon would uh, return with the understanding that he would be the backup to Chesney. If there's anyone who could accept returning to the club where they are an icon and accepting a backup type role, you would think that it is uh, a player like Buffon with the type of humility that he has. Buffon wants to win a Champions League title. We all know that. Going back to Juve certainly affords him a great opportunity to do so. There is the issue with Mattia Perin, who's also on their roster. He would not want to stay at Juve, of course, with Chesney and Buffon on the roster, with the understanding that Chesney is the starter, Buffon is the backup. Mattia Perin has been linked to Roma, uh, as well as Sevilla in La Liga. Uh, we know Roma are looking for a new goalie after their one-year experiment with um, Swedish goalie Robin Olsen, uh, which was a failure. Matia Perin, he's plenty good to be starting in Serie A and could be afforded that opportunity this summer, and he should be afforded it as well. Uh, too good to be um, playing backup to anybody. It also sounds like Juventus uh, will likely sign French midfielder Adrian Rabiot. Uh, once July hits and his contract with PSG uh, officially expires, uh, Rabiot is a player that Juve have been targeting for a few years now. He, they've constantly been being linked to him in summer transfers and January transfer market. And now it appears that they might finally get their hands on him. Uh, of course, they've already signed Aaron Ramsey on a free transfer this summer. to, uh, And they continue to target Milinkovic-Savic in their midfield, Paul Pugba. Uh, it does appear that Juve will be selling a few of their midfielders this summer. Blaise Matuidi and Sami Kadera appear to be on their way out, especially with the addition of Ramsey and Rabiot coming in. Um, they'll look to be moving some guys off the roster. How about Federico Chiesa? Now... Um, with new Fidentina owner Rocco Comiso, he keeps on saying that the club has no intentions of selling Chiesa this summer. You can understand that Comiso uh, does not want to sell the club's best player in his first summer as the club's owner, especially to a bitter rival like Juve. Uh, Comiso is supposed to represent this new era for Fidentina football, one in which, with his deep pockets, the club doesn't need to sell their best players. They, they want to be attracting players to come play for them in Florence 
and having a piece like Chiesa on the roster certainly um, excites other players who want to go play with someone like a Chiesa. We know that Chiesa, though, you got to factor in his will. It sounds like he wants to join Juve. He wants to join a team where he will be able to compete for the Scudetto and play in the Champions League. And, of course, Juve check off both of those boxes. Uh, despite Italy's under-21 side not making it out of the group stage at the under-21 Euro in Italy, nonetheless, Chiesa did have a sensational tournament and certainly made himself more attractive to those teams interested. Of course, um, early in the summer, Inter were another team that were being linked to him, although that really has died out in the Italian media. It now just seems like it's either Juve or Bus for Chiesa. Um, we'll have to wait and see if Comiso can convince Chiesa to stay at least one more season with Fidentina, and that seems to be his goal. He would like to keep him at least one more year to try and prove to him that Fidentina is the right club for him and um, that they have this great vision, this great plan, that they could become competitive, that they could ultimately reach that level that Juve are at. Um, certainly would be a long-term process, but one that they want to convince Keza to stay and be the staple for. A Twitter question that I'll address at this moment now that we've been talking about Juve. I was asked if I think Maurizio Sarri will stick with his 4-3-3 formation at Juve. My answer is yes. Uh, it's a formation that Sarri likes the most, one that he has proven to get results, whether it was at Napoli, whether it was at Chelsea, winning the Europa League. Um Juve have the talent in place to play this formation. Cristiano Ronaldo could easily slot anywhere along that front line, whether it's the left side, the striker role, or on the right wing. You would think Douglas Costa, if he stays, he could thrive playing on that right wing um, for Juve. Dybala could play that false nine position like Mertens did for Sarri at Napoli. Juve's front line, at least currently based on the players they have, it could be Ronaldo on the left, Dybala in the center, and Costa on the right. So yes, I don't see Maurizio Sarri changing his formation. I truly do think he will stick with that 4-3-3 formation. He has all intentions to do so. Uh, again, once again, if you want to send in your questions to be answered on this podcast, just tweet them to either at the Calcio Corner or my personal Twitter account at Italiano Calcio, and we will address them. Now on to buy it or sell it to cover some of the storylines and rumors that have been dominating the Italian media. We'll start off with buyer sell it. Daniele De Rossi deciding to continue playing in Serie A despite leaving Roma. I will buy this one. So we all know Roma decided not to renew De Rossi's contract at the end of this past season. We had the sad and uh, touchy final goodbye with Roma. All indications uh, were pointing towards De Rossi's either signing with Boca Juniors and playing in Argentina or perhaps coming to the United States and playing in the MLS. And perhaps De Rossi did consider these options and ultimately felt neither were the right fit for him and his family. And if that's the case, good for De Rossi, in my opinion, deciding to continue playing in Italy and in Serie A and not allowing his love affair with Roma from preventing him from doing so. Um, it was the club that decided not to renew his contract. It wasn't De Rossi's decision to leave. If De Rossi and his family ultimately decided that they wanted to continue living in Italy, then that's exactly what they should do. The fact that he spent his entire career with Roma, that's the club he's synonymous with. He's a legend there, an icon there. But that should not prevent him from making this decision if it's the best one for he and his family. He owes nothing to the Roma club, to these fans. Um, and especially given the disconnect right now between the Roma fans and the club, I don't think any of the fans would be upset with De Rossi for his decision to continue playing in Serie A. So now it comes down to where will he play? There's been plenty of teams being popping up, linking him to them. Um... I could see him signing with Sampdoria. They just hired Ezebio Di Francesco, who previously coached at Roma. He had him at Roma for about three seasons. 
They're owned by Massimo Ferrero, who is a Roma fan. So I'm sure he wouldn't mind signing a Roma legend. Sampdoria have also been reportedly talking to Francesco Totti as uh, hiring him in some sort of management role with the club. So there's another connection there. So plenty of reasons to link De Rossi to Sampdoria. Another club could be Parma. They are looking to make some ambitious moves this summer, including targeting uh, Mario Balotelli. So perhaps they'll try to convince De Rossi to sign with them. Atalanta could look to sign him um, in order to bring in some veteran leadership and a player with experience, given that they'll be competing in the Champions League this upcoming season. Uh, the latest hot uh, name and team being linked to De Rossi is Bologna. Uh, that's another possibility. I could see Inter maybe making uh, a run at De Rossi. Uh, of course, Antonio Conte knows him from their time together uh, with the Italian national team. We know Inter are really looking to bolster their midfield. They're targeting Stefano Sensi, and it sounds like they'll sign the, the Sassuolo midfielder. They're also being linked to Cagliari's Nicola Barella. So I don't see why Conte wouldn't love to add the experience of De Rossi to his roster. It will certainly be interesting to, interesting to see where De Rossi winds up this summer. Next one, buy or sell it. Sampdoria made a mistake with hiring Isabio Di Francesco as their new coach. I sell this one. I like Di Francesco as a coach. He had success a few seasons at Sassuolo. He's the one that brought the Nero Verdi up from Serie A B to Serie A for the first time in the club's history. He had some strong seasons with Sassuolo, even guided them into the Europa League for their first time ever a few years ago. Most recently, of course, he's been coaching at Roma. Uh, had him in the Champions League a few times, but ultimately this past season did not get the desired results and the club let him go. Uh, Sampdoria, they're a nice-sized club for Di Francesco to reestablish himself. Sampdoria coming off a strong season under Marco Giampaolo, who's now, of course, coaching Milan. Sampdoria finished ninth place this season. There could be some bigger expectations from the fans this upcoming season, given their strong ninth place finish. Uh, you look at what Atalanta accomplished this past season, qualifying for the Champions League and surprising everybody. You know, Sampdoria fans could be saying, why can't that be us? So again, there could be some pressure on Di Francesco and this Sampdoria side. We just talked moments ago about how perhaps Di Francesco can convince De Rossi to come play for him at Sampdoria. Di Francesco prefers to play a 4-3-3 formation. And uh, Sampdoria have a lot of players on the roster that I think would be a good fit for that system. One player in particular I look at is Gianluca Caprari. Uh, I see someone that could play on the wing and potentially potentially explode this upcoming season under Di Francesco. He could be the player for Di Francesco at Sampdoria that Domenico Berardi was for him at Sassuolo. So yes, I sell this one. I do think Di Francesco is a good hire for Sampdoria. Next one, buyer sell it. Stefan El Sharari should accept the monster offer that he's been reportedly being offered from China that would pay him $15 million per season for a three-year contract. This one is tough. El Shirari has to decide ultimately on what his priority is. Yeah, that's a lot of money and money that he would never make playing in Italy or really anywhere else other than in China where they throw these like you know absurd contracts at solid players uh, but not necessarily at star players. So it's hard to turn down that money. Uh, it's easy to say from afar, how could you accept that money? Why not stay in the more competitive league like City A? But to turn down, what, 45 million euro over three years? That's a lot of money. Um, but like I said, he has to think about his priorities. Obviously, he's not someone that is hurting for money. He still earns a good amount of money playing in City A. Not 50 million per year, but more than enough to live comfortably. Um, he'd be playing in a much more competitive league if he stays in City A, one of the biggest leagues in the world. And by going to play in China, he, he very well could be ending his career playing for the Italian national team. 
And keep in mind with the Euros being next uh, next year, I'm sure El Shirari has a desire to play in that competition and be on the national team. So if El Shirari is okay with more than likely ending his time with the national team, then yes, going to China, making a boatload of money might be the right move for him. Personally, me, I, I sell this one. I couldn't give up the opportunity to represent my country just to make a lot of money, especially when I'm already earning more than what the average person's earning uh, playing at Roma right now. We've seen this story countless times, uh, how many players that are not even at the end of their career that have gone to China or one of these other countries that throw a lot of money at them. Um, and th within a year or two, they're expressing their unhappiness with this decision because it's not as competitive as a league. It's different, way different uh, circumstances of living. So we shall see what El Shirari decides to do. Will he ultimately accept that big money or would he decide to stay in Italy at Roma where he actually had a pretty good season and, and he's making strides and he certainly is in play to be on that 2020 Euro roster for Italy. Uh, last buyer sell it. Uh, Napoli signing Costas Manolas is a good move. I buy this one. I know there's a lot of people that have mixed feelings about Manolas. Uh, some feel that he's not necessarily the same defender he once was a few years ago for Roma. But I still think he could be a great player. And now being on a more competitive side like Napoli and playing in the middle with arguably one of the best defenders in the world in Koulibaly, we could see Manolas raise his game. I think the two of them will form one of the most difficult walls to get past in all of Europe. Uh, Napoli allowed the third fewest goals this past season and adding Manolas will not make them any worse. It only make them better. And you figure with Alex Meret um, being in his second season now at Napoli or heading into his second season at Napoli, he'll be more comfortable. So yes, I buy this as a good signing. Uh, adding Manolas and pairing him with Koulibaly certainly catapults Napoli into perhaps one of the three best defenses in Italy. Uh, you look at what Inter have with Diego Godin, Skriniar, and De Vrij is certainly maybe the best defense in, it in Italy. Chiellini, Bonucci, and Rugani at Juve, and perhaps soon Delict, as we talked about earlier on this podcast, could maybe be... Uh, the best if they add Delict. Um, another very good defense is Torino's defense, but certainly Manolas, Koulibaly, that combination arguably could be one of the better, certainly top three defenses in all of Italy. Some news and notes to wrap up this podcast. Inter have sold their young promising striker Andrea Pinamonti to Genoa for around 18 million euro. This is a good opportunity for Pinamonti to grow and get some consistent minutes in Serie A and add a pretty nice size club like Genoa. It's also a good signing for Genoa who need a potential big-time scoring threat, and certainly they'll be hoping that Pinamonte could develop into that type of player. Napoli are also set to extend Fabian Ruiz's contract until 2024. In his past uh, first season at Napoli this past season, he really impressed and took a big step forward in his development, so much so that Real Madrid have expressed their interest in the Spaniard. However, in Ruiz's new contract with Napoli, it will not include a buyout clause, therefore allowing Napoli to have more control on keeping him in the future and holding off big interest from Real Madrid and other big clubs. Inter have closed a deal with Hertha Berlin for their wingback, Valentino Lazzaro, a player that with his type of skill set should thrive in Conte's 3-5-2 formation playing on the wing. Uh, he will cost Inter around 21 million euro. Milan are also... Close to signing Real Madrid's defender Theo Hernandez. Milan are targeting several of Madrid's young players. Um, Danny Ceballos uh, as another key player that they're targeting. And it appears that they are set to secure one of them so far in Theo Hernandez. And last but not least, Atletico Madrid are ready to splash the cash 
as they are set to pay the 126 million euro buyout clause for Benfica's 19-year-old Portuguese sensation Jao Felix. He scored 15 goals this past season and had 11, uh, excuse me, seven assists. So that'll do it for the sixth episode of the Culture Corner podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. Once again, please subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, Stitcher, and on SoundCloud. Feel free to leave a rating and comment. I would greatly appreciate that. Until next time, ciao.